Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line again this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as regular listeners will know, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and he also contributes match reports and other reports to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. And it's fair to say as the sun hits summer rugby, Peter, Wakefield Trinity and Lee Drynos both hitting a bit of farm at last. Yeah, they were um, they were both as hot as the weather, weren't they, on, mm. um, on the weekend. Leeds on Friday night, I thought, were very good against Castleford at the jungle. You'd, you'd have to say Castleford were really poor, but teams need to beat what's in front of them, and Leeds did it in incredible fashion. Before the game, people were asking me what I thought would happen, and, and I was saying that I wasn't sure Leeds had enough points in them to beat Castleford. They've not scored more than two tries in the game in Super League since round one against Wakefield. And I felt that Castleford were capable of scoring 18 points themselves, which would, would really leave Leeds up against it. But in fact, Leeds scored two-thirds as many points in that 80 minutes as they had done in their previous seven Super League games, 60 points to six. And that, after going 6-0 down after 87 seconds, was quite the performance it just showed what Leeds are capable of even with players missing the, the latest being Ash Hanley who's re-injured his knee it just showed that Leeds do have strike when they get the game together the key to it for Leeds I thought was the combination of Richie Myler at fullback and Luke Gale at halfback the two of them have a really good understanding they play well together they've not had much time on the field all the training field so far this year because of um, injuries in pre-season, injuries during the season. But they clicked on Friday and it, it was really effective for Leeds. And they had um, a good pack performance to play off the back of. Leeds, though they have been struggling this year, the forwards are in, in decent shape, the big men any, in the middle anyway. And I thought Mikolaj Oledsky, um, Matt Pryor and Zane Titovano again were very good and they were they were too strong, really, for Castleford's forwards. And a, a really satisfying night from a, a Leeds point of view. Um, there were some Leeds fans there, and they had um, they had a bit of a party. Obviously, on the flip side of that, um, some Castleford fans were actually getting up and leaving before the end of the first half when Leeds went 32 points to six in front. And there were, there were some boos from the home terraces, which is such a shame when fans have waited for 14 months to get back into grounds. Um, Castleford have seen their team beaten at home twice um, in the two games they've been allowed into and, and obviously the fans are getting frustrated. And I think that's understandable after the performance they turned in on Friday. It was as poor as Leeds were good, really. They lacked spirit. Defensively, they were very poor, particularly down the right-hand side. And um, just after that blistering start, just never really looked like threatening Leeds' defence. It was a very un-Castleford under Darrell Powell-like performance. Um, obviously, I think they had an eye on this weekend's Cup semi-final. They had some players missing. But if Tigers have been putting all their eggs into the Challenge Cup basket, then that's a gamble, isn't it? Because yeah. they're, they're losing ground in the in the race for the uh, top six now. Although I think they've dropped down to seventh. They're still well in it, but they can't afford too many more league defeats. They've lost the last three 
and uh, four out of the last five league games. So, now it's it's a worrying worrying time for Castleford. It it probably wouldn't take that much to, to say not that much, but they could turn it round just by winning against Warrington in the cup semi final on, on Saturday. That would just have everybody smiling again. But with Warrington scoring sixty two points themselves at the weekend against Salford. Um, I've said all along, I think Castle win the Challenge Cup this year, but um, certainly there won't be too many people backing them this weekend, I don't think. No, not at all. Um, I think we spoke in the immediate aftermath of the game and it was a real surprise. I mean, I think going into the game, I'm not saying Richard Agar was at the risk of getting the chop if Leeds lost, but he was, he was certainly in need of a win, wasn't he? And to show that Leeds were going in the right direction and that the players were with him bit similar to the situation we spoke about with Chris Chester the week before at Wakefield. And uh, the Leeds players certainly paid him back in spades, didn't they? But uh, as we said about Daryl a couple of times already this season, it's a very strange situation at Castleford. And obviously if they win on Saturday, all those who were walking out at half-time will be carrying Daryl and the players around the pitch, I'm sure. As we've said, fans are fickle both ways, aren't they? It doesn't doesn't take much to get them in good mood or bad mood. But um, the situation with Daryl, obviously, going to Warrington next season, and people looking at that and thinking, well, you know, if they lose to Warrington this weekend and the new coach is sat at home waiting to take over, it just adds even more pressure to the strange situation. And not only that, then the Warrington people might be looking over and saying, oh, Castle suddenly hit a real bump in the road. You know, what's going on here? We've already committed to this guy for three years. I'm sure it will all work out in the end, but it's all part of the interesting sort of subplot going on around the Tigers at the moment. They're signing players all the time, aren't they? In readiness for Lee Radford coming in and uh, preparing for next season already in many ways. And as you say, it would be typical, of course, for Castleford to beat Warrington this weekend and go on in the Cup and say, well, it was all part of the master plan. But even so, again, as we've said many times on here, Castleford against Leeds, the Cast fans expect um, you know their players to give 110%, whoever's out in the shirt uh, against Leeds and Wakefield. And, and ditto for the Wakefield fans against Leeds and Cast and the Leeds fans, Cast and Wakefield. That's our own little sort of triangle of derbies, isn't it? And the fans can accept many things, but I think the bare minimum is that they expect the players and the teams to try in those games. And a 66 shellacking at home isn't what any of the Castleford fans, as you say, who've been waiting so long to see their team in action again. And certainly been doing a bit of crowing as well, it's fair to say, in recent weeks, because they've been in good form and Leeds have been in poor form. And then for Leeds to come and turn it round like that, you know, it was a, it was a real surprise. You know, I was watching the uh, whole game on the TV and I had the updates from the Leeds game on my phone. And after Cass scored with what seemed like the first attack, you think, oh, here we go again, you know, another, another uh, bad night for Leeds. You know, they've conceded already. And then the next thing, you know, the scoreboard was whirring around like there was no tomorrow in Leeds' favour. And by the end, I think Cass had probably just completely drawn up stumps, hadn't they? I think I know there were, there were a few injuries in the game and also... Sort of a lot of players, as you say, rested. Um, but uh, they, they can't afford many more performances like that, I don't think, whether they get through against Warrington or not. So 
uh, something we'll keep an eye on in the next few weeks and just say exactly what's going on down at the jungle. Yeah, I, I, on the point about Warrington, I don't think there's too much danger of anyone there having second thoughts. So obviously it would be a bit ironic if, if they have a, a much better season than, than Castleford this year when Steve Price is leaving leaving there. But yeah, they've got a lot greater resources than Castleford. You'd expect Warrington really to finish above Castleford on the table, given how much the, the um, teams have in, uh, in terms of the amount to spend and that sort of thing. I know there's a salary cap, but um, but Warrington are a rich club in Castleford. But that said, Daryl wouldn't want to go into that job on the back of um, a, a really poor season with Castleford. They disappointed last year when they slipped down the table after a good start. And nobody in this, um, nobody involved with Tigers wants to see a repeat of that no. this year. Daryl's been fantastic for, for Castleford. There's no doubt about that. He's transformed the fortunes. If you look back to 2013 when he took over, Castleford were were a little bit of, maybe not a joke, but they were a team that nobody really took seriously as a, a force or a side that were capable of winning anything. They were prone to, to heavy defeats. They'd had a couple of relegations. Um, and he's turned them into a really really tough side to beat in the main um one that that teams um don't like playing because they know they're in for a really tough game one that plays attractive rugby and um includes some really talented players playing to the best of their ability it would be such a shame if it all went sour in his in his last few months um i hope the fans stick with him there were a lot of rumblings, rumblings in the jungle on yes, Friday night indeed. about, um, yeah, about <laughs> um, about Daryl. People saying, "Well, he's he's obviously got his mind elsewhere." I, knowing Daryl, I don't think that's the case. He's a winner, um, an absolute competitor. He hates losing. Um, I I suspect that all his attention on Friday night was on. Castleford, I don't suppose he was thinking about Warrington at all, and, yeah. and that'll be the case until he takes over there. But he deserves to go out in on his own terms and and in good style. Um, it'd be nice to see Castleford get to Wembley just to give Daryl um, a good send off. And as I say, I hope the fans the fans stick with him. He's capable of turning it around, but they need they need players back and they need to get some confidence back quickly it's going to be a tough week for them building up to the Warrington game the advantage they've got is um, the pressure's off them a little bit in terms of everyone's going to expect Warrington to win there might be a little bit of complacency on Warrington's part Warrington have suffered some unexpected cup semi-final defeats over the last few years remember when they lost to Hulkar in 2015 yeah. when nobody expected um, expected that so and Castle have beaten them this year albeit Warrington reversed that the other week. But Castleford are capable of beating Warrington, but everybody's going to have to improve 100% and he's going to have to get most of his best players on the field for it to happen, I think. Yeah, certainly. Um, <clears throat> say not the way to warm up, but there are mitigating factors and really that game now needs to be forgotten about and put to bed and I'll focus on the Challenge Cup semi-final this weekend. And uh, a great chance for Cast to get to Wembley. And and as we say, uh, it'd be very typical, especially having lost to them in the league and then got tanked by Leeds to go out and beat Warrington 
at the weekend and, and go on to Wembley. And, and let's hope they do, you know. Obviously, from my point of view, we want the local teams to prosper and to do well. You know, it's, it's good for our publications, it's good for our area, it's good for our clubs, isn't it? You know, we, we want our clubs to be successful. And, uh, Rich, Rich, I can tell you're absolutely itching to talk about <laughs> your team, Wakefield, on, um, on Sunday. So, so um, let's just get around to that. And <laughs> you, can, uh, you can wax lyrical. Um, Sunday, I was at the game, Wakefield against Huddersfield. Wakefield were fantastic, particularly in the first half, 38-12 win, second successive victory. As I said on here last week, when Cass win, Wakefield, sorry, have a, a long losing run, they tend to snap out of it and then win two or three yeah. in a row. So I wasn't surprised, but I was surprised by the manner their victory in the first half, I say excellent. They scored very early, but then were camped on their own line for the best part of 15 minutes. Had a man, Jacob Miller, Sinbin, and withstood huge pressure, albeit Huddersfield's attack didn't offer very much, and then broke away and scored and, and went on to have a 30 points to nil lead at half time. And that was as good as I've seen Wakefield play for a very long time. It went a little bit flat in the second half, but Wakefield were better value for the win than the actual scoreline suggests. Huddersfield scored back-to-back tries in the last couple of minutes, but a really good performance from um, Wakefield. And it was good to see Mason Lino, the halfback, playing well. That's the best I've seen him play. Joe Westerman, very good again. And um, having Bill Tupu and Jacob Miller back has made a big difference to them. They play Lee this weekend. I think that's the only Super League game this weekend. Um, it's Wakefield in a run of home games. And I know it sounds silly to say it, but if they beat Lee this weekend, which I'd expect them to do, there'll be three wins ahead of Lee. And and that will take an enormous amount of pressure off yeah. in terms of the relegation battle. And, and you know, they're, they're hanging in just about on the coattails of the teams in the top six. Um, I don't think anyone at Wakey realistically will be thinking about that. But certainly they can relax a little bit if they beat um, Lee this weekend. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they can start looking up a bit more now rather than down, can't they? I, I can't honestly yeah. remember if I tipped Wakey to win last week or against <laughs> Huddersfield, but in my heart I always want them to win. So, you know, if I keep if I keep uh, thinking that they'll win, I'll get it right some weeks anyway, so... <laughs> But yeah, it was a, a fantastic result again. I mean, again, going into the game a bit like Hull KR the week before, Huddersfield had been in some good form, hadn't they? They'd won three on the spin and uh, looked to be finally getting things together under Ian Watson. And, uh, you know, although obviously I was hoping that Wakefield would win, again, I, like yourself, I wasn't expecting anything like that in terms of the scoreline, but... Wakefield do have quite a good record against Huddersfield at home. It seems to be one of those games where Huddersfield always win there and Wakey always win at Bellevue. I know that's not quite the case, but in general terms, they're, they're kind of that seems to be how the games work out. Uh, and as you say, almost, again, like another four points really in the battle to stay away from the bottom with Lee, who, who lost again to Hull KR. So, you know, from that point of view as well, it was a you know a crucial win, especially with the two teams playing again this. Uh, sorry, Lee and Wakey playing this week, and so I, yesterday morning I just went for a little bike ride with my son, and I saw Chris Chester actually having a walk in the park, and uh, 
So now that'll have to be my Sunday routine, won't it? In order to get a win each week, I'll have to follow the same pattern until till they lose again, and and then we'll come up with some other uh, remedy for uh, for winning the game. But yeah, tremendous, tremendous. You know, we went on for long enough about how Chris needed a win and how the team were playing okay but not quite getting there. But certainly the return of Jacob Miller especially seems to have kind of galvanised Wakefield. They've got that man again who can open up defences. And you say Mason Lino now seems to be finding his feet in Super League as well. Obviously difficult for players to come over at any time, you know, especially at the moment and settle into a new club. Uh, you know, where everything's really expected to go through you and you've got to learn new combinations and partnerships and moves and codes and everything else. And it looks like he's finally finding his feet, which is which is great. And if, say a few players have come back from injury or are on the brink of coming back as well, which can only help. And Chris did say, didn't he, all along, that once Wakey did get their main men back, they'd have a, a much better chance. Well, he, he believed they were capable of beating anyone in the division. I, I don't know if they're quite that good yet, but they're certainly more than capable of even giving even the top sides a good game. Uh, and as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, you know, Wigan got thrashed by Catalans on Saturday, didn't they? And Cass, as we've already discussed, got thrashed by Leeds. If you're not on your game, you know, still anybody can beat anyone in Super League. And, uh, you know, real bonus, uh, the, the, the manner in which Wakefield won. I, I read your match report. And as you say, it seemed to drop away a little bit in the second half. I was kind of shaking my phone, wondering why it wasn't updating with more points. And then uh, <laughs> eventually, I think Wakey did score again. And then obviously, it's, it's quite easy to forget, really, that Huddersfield got those 12 points with the last two sets of the game, really, didn't they? You know, it flattered them, really, to score the 12, even. Yeah, um, it did. Yeah, it did. Though. It looked, for the most part, like Wakefield were going to keep a clean sheet, and I think they deserved to. Yeah. Really. I suppose you'd say credit to Huddersfield for, for keeping going, but um, they were poor, and and certainly 38-0 would have been a fair reflection of the game. In um, in my opinion, a couple of the days, only the one Super League game, as we mentioned this weekend, but obviously the Challenge Cup semi-finals coming up. We've talked about the Castleford game. Um, I'm going to tip a Castleford win because I've I've tipped them all along in the Challenge Cup and I'm going to stick with them. So I'm tipping Castleford to beat Warrington Hall Saints. Richard, what's uh, what's your view on that? Well, I think I I kind of adopted Hull didn't as my Yorkshire team once uh, the others started falling by the wayside. And again, as we've just said, I'd like to see the Yorkshire teams do well in an all, all Yorkshire final would be great between uh, two of the game's traditional clubs. So I'll, I'll stick with Hull. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm not overconfident that they'll beat Saints. Saints had that blip a couple of weeks ago, but since then they've uh, really got back in the groove, haven't they? And um, started uh, a sole game against Hull uh, the other day, wasn't it? And they, they were too good for them, really. It threw me for a moment then because it's yet another example of these games we've been talking about where teams are either playing each other in the league, then the cup, or the cup, then the league. Uh, but of course, it was Hull they played on Friday night. Um, but Hull, Hull were pretty second best all the way through. Saints got on a roll very early on and uh, Hull couldn't really live with them. They scored a couple of nice tries, but I didn't 
honestly see anything there which would make me think that Saints were going to lose to them a week later just because it was the Cup rather than the League, if I'm honest. But I will stick with Hull. You know, I'd, I'd want the Yorkshire team to win against all others. So, you know, let's hope it's a Hull Saints final. Uh, sorry, Hull Castleford final, should I say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, whether that will actually come true or not, I, I have my doubts, but I'm not going to desert them now. Uh, as you say, in the Cup, anything can happen and, and, and quite often does in the Cup, doesn't it? So it's all about the day in the Cup. Uh, there's no repeat or no chance to, to sort it out at a later date. So um, let's hope Paul can do it. There's, um, it's a big weekend of Cup action, actually, not just involving the top men's sides. Uh, the Women's Challenge Cup final is this weekend. That's Saints against York, which, um, as we've said, it comes after a couple of years of back-to-back Castleford against Leeds finals that Leeds have won. Saints will be very hot favourites for that. York, though, as we mentioned last week, have um, signed seven very good players, two from Bradford, five from um, from Castleford, and hopefully they'll make a competitive game of it. It's on network TV, that, on the BBC, and... Um, if you've got a chance, 11.15 on, on Saturday morning, give that a watch. The uh, women's game, as I'm always saying, is uh, a growth area for the sport. And um, then on Sunday, it's the 1895 Cup semi-finals, and we've lots of Yorkshire interest in that, with um, York playing Swinton um, at home in the first semi-final, and the second is Felsen at home to Widner's. I think that we're going to have an all Yorkshire final in that yes. one Wembley. I think it'll be Featherstone against York in the final, which will be absolutely fantastic um, for both those clubs at Wembley. Um, massive incentive for both teams, but I, I can't see Swinton being good enough to beat um, beat the Knights. York's form's been a little bit shaky this year. I think they've won four and lost four out of their eight league games. But Swinton, bottom of the table, played eight, lost eight. They're not going to be good enough to beat York, I don't think. And Featherstone are um, unbeaten at the top, played 7-1-7. They had a bit of a struggle against Halifax at the weekend, but they, they got through it. I suspect they had probably one eye on the semi-final. And I think they'll be too good for, for a witness side who, are, who tend to be competitive but are prone to the odd heavy defeat. So, um, so yeah, big weekend for those two teams. And um, here's hoping for two all Yorkshire finals at Wembley. That would be good. It would indeed. And I can't really argue with your reasoning there either, Peter. I, I certainly agree that I think York will be too strong for Swinton, despite, this, as you say, they're having a bit of a hit and miss season this time, aren't they? They seem to win one, lose one or whatever. But I think they'd be too strong for Swinton. Featherston certainly... Uh, too strong for witness. Um, but I think as the other thing from my point of view, I think those two teams would, would take a few down to Wembley. And, you know, they deserve a day in the sun. Not that the other two don't, but, you know, you'd fancy Featherstone to take a few down, wouldn't you? And York, as we've said a few times, very progressive club, uh, club that are building all the time. I'm sure they'll be targeting that game as one they can win and an obvious chance of silverware for them this season. So, uh, two interesting games there. 
and uh, keep the white for keep the white rose interest going all being well absolutely yeah i think um obviously it's, it's a long time since featherston played at wembley 1983 but um even longer since york were there so it'd be fantastic for both those clubs to get to a, a final at a big stadium and um it would particularly york which is a city which is starting to, to come around to, to rugby league. The club are making a lot of progress in the city, and I think a Wembley um, a Wembley appearance would be a real shot in the arm for them. And it it could be just what they need to to sort of help them onto the next step in their path towards Super League. So um, it'd be a terrific final as well between two good teams full of um, experienced and quality players. So. I'd be looking forward to that if if it happens, and as I say, I I expect um, I expect it to. I I think particularly with home advantage, I think the two virtual clubs will be too strong. Yes, yeah, let's hope so. And obviously, good luck to all our Yorkshire teams, men and women, playing this weekend. Um, let's hope we can be chatting about some more victories again the next time we're back. And just finally today, Peter, when we were talking about Leeds and Castle, I forgot to mention. Uh, the chant of the season, uh, the Castleford Tigers fans singing to Luke Gale, we're Castleford Tigers, we paid for your hair, which was a, a brilliant piece of improvisation, one which Luke took in, in great spirit, tweeted out saying it was the best chant he'd ever heard and <laughs> I thought it was a cracker myself and shows as well that although fans can moan and walk out, they do keep this dark, black sense of humour even in the darkest hours for their teams. So that fair play to the cast fans there. It really made me smile. That yeah, I heard. I heard that. <laughs> and, and Gailey did seem to be. Um, did seem to be laughing at it. So um, yeah. So yeah. Well, well done to both sides, really. On on that, um, I thought he got a pretty good reception, really, from the from the cast fans, which was nice to see because obviously he was a big player for them for um, during his time at the club um, but you, you could see the game meant a lot to him and yeah. um, he actually scored Leeds' final try and that was from a, a break by Conrad Hall but he was he was inside Hall and, and screaming for the ball and you could see how much it meant to him when he scored so um, I think that that would have given him a, a shot of confidence after a, a tough start to the year really but yeah it was, an, it was a nice moment um, by the Castleford fans that and, and yeah. nice to see Luke Gale taking it in good heart and, and acknowledging it on social media afterwards. Yeah, definitely. I, I say I think most most fans know in their hearts, don't they, that players come to your club, they do the best, they help you along, and some of them stay, some of them move on. It's the nature of the game. It always has been and always will be. And I think most people accept that and accept that Luke did a good job for Cass uh, and, uh, you know, willing to... You know, take the hats off to him um, without being silly about things. Yeah, you're going to get some stick when you you know it's it, that's the nature of sport as well. Whatever sport it is, if you go back to your old club and particularly if they have a good win at your expense, but I think overall most sporting people see the reason behind these things and can accept them accordingly. Anyway, I think for this week, Peter will call time there. The hoot is about to sound, so. Uh, press on for this week and hopefully return again next just my weekly reminders that you can get the very latest rugby league news from peter's twitter feed at peter smith yep or my own 
at Richard Byron YEP or at YEP Sport and at YP Sport on Twitter. And obviously there's the Yorkshire Evening Post and Yorkshire Post websites. And this podcast is also available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and as well as those aforementioned websites too. So for now, we'll say thanks again to Peter and we'll hopefully be back soon.